The next day after breakfast, Papa Muhammad announced his willingness to travel to Casablanca today to see a doctor. Today? Did you get an appointment? No, no, it's not necessary. Zachariah works in the hospital, said Papa. I quickly went to the hammam, and when I got undressed and was about to enter it, I got stopped by a woman. Akia, Akia, she kept repeating. I don't understand what you are saying. Are you talking about Ipo de Hakima? She nodded and added, Safe, Safe. She was probably referring to someone else, and her message was a clear misunderstanding. But nevertheless, I was anxious to get back home, and yes, there was no reason to panic. Before I went away, Muhammad wanted to see me to give me a birthday present, a pen and a key ring. He once again apologised for his behaviour, and I once again highlighted how indifferent and volatile characters bothered me. I'd like you to join me for a lecture this afternoon, he replied. If I don't go to Casablanca, I'll join you with pleasure. It was around 3.15pm when Papa was ready to go to the bus station. We don't even know if there will be any bus at this time, I said. It will be, I'm sure, assured me clean and perfumed Papa. As soon as we left the house, it started pouring down, so Papa decided on taking a taxi, which turned out to be a complete waste of money, as there was no buses to Casablanca. Two direct ones were leaving at night time at 2am and 4am. We both decided to travel at 2am, and in the meantime, I invited him to coffee and then ran to join Mohammed for the lecture. Soaking wet, I reached the cafe and saw Mohammed sitting with his three mute friends, Sanir, her very depressed-looking girlfriend, and another guy. They were calculating some figures as part of their homework, forgetting any basic or more advanced manners, so making me feel like a persona non grata. Even Sunir, who knew me, and with whom I had lunches, including a Christmas meal, did not pose a single question, not even on progress in Malika's case, and my instinct confirmed as to why she was trying to help me. Dear Lord, Moroccan mentality drains me. I was talking to myself. The weirdest of all was my boyfriend's behaviour. He was neither talking to me nor was he giving me any attention. And the truth was, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have come here. However, I sat down, took a book and started reading, but the book I picked up in that cafe was as boring as the company of those people. It's time for me to go home, I said after thirty silent minutes. In front of me, Sunir asked Muhammad a question in Arabic. Is she going home? Yes, she's going home, I responded. Some people clearly underestimate my understanding of Arabic. Do you want to change the table? asked my boyfriend. What a lack of manners, I thought. He invited me here, paid no attention to me whatsoever, and now when I decided to leave, he was asking me if I wanted to change the table. If your friends weren't with you, you would have asked me to stay, wouldn't you? I asked him when we left the cafe. Something was extremely strange about him. The inconsistency of his behaviour, talking about love and respect and acting indifferent, was wearing me. Leave me alone, I said, and he did.